Welcome to Conversations. And now, from Los Angeles, here is your host, Mike Dowler. Thank you, Sean, and good evening from Los Angeles. I'm Mike Dowler, and this is Conversations, Season Two, Episode Eleven. Wow! Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. All of our podcasts are up on either Podbean or you can go to our website. And again, it's a mouthful: www. Conversationspod.wixsite.com slash conversations. Don't forget with Podbean, you've got that RSS feed. So basically, those podcasts get delivered right to your device automatically once they publish. So it's a really cool deal. So check that out again Conversationspod.wixsite.com slash conversations. On Facebook, Conversation the Podcast. On Twitter, we're at Converse Radio, just like the shoe without the E. And, of course, email us with any questions or comments about our programming. We get lots of emails, and thank you, folks, for doing that. And that is conversationspod at gmail.com. want to thank our guest from two weeks ago, Maddie Carteropel. Maddie Carteropel, of course, actor, poet, writer, director. Of course, you saw him in a series of unfortunate events. He played Orlando, the gender-neutral henchman to uh, Count Olaf. Uh, you saw him in Stranger Things, too, as uh, the geeky, nerdy Keith, who's the manager of the arcade where all those cool games were so i don't want to go ahead and spoil anything but um that's where you can see him jurassic world lots of stuff so that podcast is up that's episode number 10 and again that's on podbean and our website want to again mention that we're winding down our two shows here we've got uh, tonight's guest is gonna be saxon charbino you know her from freakish as well as poltergeist uh she's been in touch well she's in touch but she was on touch and she was also um on uh on a number of things as well as American Vandal, which is a huge thing right now. So we're going to have her tonight. And then in, in a couple of weeks, hang on just a second, Saxon. She's like ready. In a couple of weeks, we've got Mark Jackson. Mark Jackson plays Science Officer Isaac on The Orville. Very good. Uh, we're winding down, for sure. Uh, tonight's co-host, returning. It's her first co-host stint. She was a guest not too far back. Uh, you know her from The Kicks. She's got a very, very cool resume. She's a soccer phenom, actress, and all kinds of stuff. Her dad is uh, Frankie, who's amazing. Just a great family. Uh, she's from Maryland, now making a go of it here in Los Angeles. She's agreed to co-host tonight. And it is Six Orange. Six! Hi! Hey, how's it going? It's going pretty now, good. Now, I was, I was reading your, your some of your Twitter posts. Did you get food poisoning? I did. I had food poisoning, like, I just got over it, I think, like, a day or two ago. But, yes, I did. That sucks. Well, like, what, what was it? What what did you did? It was some bad sushi, some pizza, what? Um, unfortunately, it happened to be my favorite food, and we were in Big Bear, and I got chicken parmesan. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so I'm pretty sure it was salmonella that I ended up getting, and actually, uh, my dad's girlfriend also had chicken from the same place at the same time, so we both ended up having food poisoning for so a good was... two, two and a half days. Ooh, oh. yeah, the chicken. And I, can I be honest with you, though, really? Big Bear is amazing, <laughs> but I really don't equate chicken parmesan with Big Bear. I don't like it. <laughs> See, no, I, for sure. We I went think, there just for the hype, but, like, I was so hungry. And there was an Italian place, and I was like, bet. Like, I love Italian. Oh, me too. And then, like, I remember when I was eating it, like, something was just wrong. And I was like, what if I got food? Like, I, I, I kid you not. I literally, in my head, was like, what if I get food poisoning this from this? Like, this, this seems sketchy. And then, you know, what do you know? Um, <laughs> I ended up getting it. Yeah, I've I've been there before. Uh, so, uh, and Big Bear, and I've been, you know, in, I've had food poisoning, but not, not in Big Bear. Um, but I will share. Yeah, I, I wouldn't recommend chicken parmesan in Big Bear. In I will case not. You yes, I will not do that. <laughs> I usually, I usually find, I'll find like a really cool, every town's got a really cool pizza place, so I'll do that. Um, uh-huh. And there's some, there's some some other good restaurants as well. But I, I went to a place years ago up there, and I ordered trout. Now I love fish. I really like fish, uh, but trout is kind of bony, and in yeah. this in this case, it was very bony. Every single bite <laughs> oh, no. was, was a bone. You know, just totally not enjoyable at all. And oh, for, no. for years yeah. after, I wouldn't eat. I wouldn't eat fish in a restaurant. But uh, <laughs> I'm glad you're okay. Big Bear is Thank amazing. You. I know they're making they're making snow now. That's going to yeah, be really it's cool. Beautiful. It's my yeah. first time, and I was absolutely in love with it. I love the cold. Isn't that for your temporary time? <laughs> isn't that lake amazing? 
It's a, is beautiful. The yeah. hike I went on, we like climbed the rocks, so we were able to get like like a freaking bird's eye view. It was beautiful. Like the awesome. lake was awesome. Very cool. Well, I'm glad you're okay. Welcome back to uh, Sea Level. And uh, I want to bring our guest in tonight. And again, I want to thank uh, Maddie Carter-Robel. And Maddie and Saxon have something in common, and I'll go into that in a little bit. But uh, Saxon Charbino is an actress, a stellar actress, and you've known her for uh, for a long time. Um, her sister, uh, Brighton, as well as Sawyer, her brother, all do the acting thing. Maybe more in that family, too. I don't know about that acting. But for sure, Saxon is uh, currently seen on Freakish and American Vandal. She had a great, uh, great stint opposite Kiefer Sutherland in Touch. And she was in Poltergeist in 2015. She's done uh, Law & Order SVU, all kinds of different... Uh, let me pull out the, uh, the, the, the IMD. IMDb is amazing. Um, <laughs> just, I mean, I mean, just some crazy, crazy stuff here. Her and uh, Brighton are going to be in a movie together coming up uh, shortly. We'll talk about that as well. Without yeah. further ado, hello, Saxon Charbino. Hi. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing well. Now, you guys are both in the San Fernando Valley. I'm in Santa Clarita. Which is still Los Angeles, basically. You, 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 um, you've been an actress for a while since you were nine, and yeah. um, you grew up in Texas uh, for part of your life, most of your life. How is mm-hmm. now? How is that geographic move for you? Because it's a very Texas is very different than Los Angeles. Oh yeah, it was crazy. Um, when I first started coming out here. Uh, I would smile at people on the streets because that's what you do in Texas. Like, you know, you make conversation with everyone that you meet, like even if you're just in line for food. And people out here like kept giving me weird looks. And then I had a friend <laughs> tell me like, you can't smile at people here. Like they think you're weird. No, I, you know? and I, <laughs> so, I it was like a big um, culture shock, like the way people carry themselves here versus Texas. It's very different. Now, I don't want to stereotype, but obviously not everybody in Texas rides a horse. Not everybody in no. Texas wears cowboy boots twenty four seven, or wears or wears cowboy hats, or has the the belt buckle that's five feet by four feet. You know, so there was no indication when you were smiling that you were from Texas. I don't think there was any indication. Okay. I did not ride horses, but I was a fan of the boots and the belt. Yeah. To this day, my mom's like, you know what would be really cute? You should wear a belt, like with a buckle. You know, and I had I was blinged out. I had the diamond cowboy boots, the nice. diamond belt buckle it was style back then in texas it was it was in have you rodeoed at all or anything like that because i know that rodeo is... no, i've not rodeoed because it's... i took uh, horse riding lessons when i was like a kid yeah and again you you're from Louisville. yes so tell me about Louisville. what's that all about well i was born in Louisville, but i lived in flower mound um so it's a suburb of dallas i actually lived by an equestrian center so to get to school, I would walk past the horses, and to get home, I would walk by. Um, they were basically in my friend's backyard. So I grew up near horses, but I didn't grow up riding horses. So it's kind of that that horse envy, like, hmm, I wonder, you know? Yeah. And then it's, a, it's <laughs> yeah, the kind of thing you I go home, that. you go, Mom, can I can I get can we get a horse? You know, you know exactly how it's going to go. <laughs> so you don't, even, you don't even bother. I definitely ask. Now again, in, in six grew up in Maryland. So does this story sound familiar to you? Six? I mean, yes. Uh, but I mean, I definitely know more people here from Texas than I do Maryland. <laughs> um, but yeah, I definitely agree with like the culture shock. I mean, it's it's very it's very different. I feel like everyone in Maryland, like or like in the town that I grew up, like everyone knows each other. Everyone says hi, like you know, like friends and family, whatever. But like here, it's kind of like. It's very, very different. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Like here, you don't even talk to your neighbors, really. No, like, I'm such a big. Neighbor. That is mm-hmm. true. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's 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 very it's very different, and it's not that people are necessarily. I don't, I don't want to say that people are like unsocial because like there are tons of social people here. It's just it's not. Uh, mm, I don't know. I feel like <laughs> everyone just has their own way and like has a vision here. So it's I like very that. Different. A vision. I like that. Yeah. Again, Texas, amazing. I mean, I've been a few times. I have family that are outside of Houston. And, uh, man, the best food, best restaurants. You know, I mean, you, you haven't lived, you've had, you know, deep fried alligator. I mean, it's amazing. Good stuff. <laughs> you know, have you had alligator? I have not oh, had alligator. I've had frog. Frog, yeah. Kind of, you always say it's kind of gamey. No, but, yeah. but but alligator is amazing, and again the restaurants there and the, and the hospitality, 
Um, it was wonderful. And people in Houston, they love fireworks. <laughs> so, so it's like, you know, it's like you're driving down the road and there's like fireworks stands. Cause like, on, I guess on New Year's, New Year's Eve and Christmas Day and all that, they shoot fireworks off. So it was really cool. But again, oh, yeah. again, amazing, amazing, uh, amazing state. And, uh, I'm glad you made it out to LA because there's hope for you yet. Your acting career started early. Now, who started acting? Again, it's an acting family. So, did, did was it your decision, or was it like mom and dad saying, "You know what? We're all going to California, and you're all, all going to be movie stars"? What was oh, the no, what no, was no. the what it was, was the progression? What what tell us the story? It was very much my begging, very really? much my decision. Um, so how it started is I started. I was in cheerleading, and my mom was like, "Oh my gosh, this is like." so relentless it takes so much time like anything else Saxon is there anything else you want to do because you know cheerleading was big in Texas and I was like I guess if I could do anything I'd want to be an actress and my mom was like okay yeah sure we'll enroll you in the little acting class down the street like fine it's once a week and I started going and I just fell in love with it I I would come home every single day and like mom mom watch me do a monologue like please and then um from that little acting class place that I was taking in Dallas there was an LA agent workshop that came to town. And so this LA agent was giving people notes on their performance and how to like help. And I went in front of them and they wanted to sign me. And they're like, if you come out to LA, you and your sister, you can like audition to join our agency. And I did. And they signed me. And then they're like, you're going to have to come out for like pilot season. And so we started coming out like one month every year when I was like, I think 11 was my first time coming out or 10. And then Second time I came out, I booked a pilot um, for Fox, and it was, like, huge and crazy, and it changed my life. And then from that pilot, the pilot didn't get picked up, but they put me on the show Touch with Keeper Sutherland. Yes. And, like, located us, and it was it was amazing. It was it was so cool. You and you, you Now you came for Battle Did you guys stay at the Oakwood? Yeah, we yeah. did. <laughs> we did stay at the Everyone Oakwood. Everyone stays at the Oakwood. That's uh, yeah. a.k.a. the Island of Misfits. They call that. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. It was it was insane because they asked me at the front desk, like, are you an actor? You know, and then they like set you up with the actor package and they like charge you more <laughs> and the actor coming to them. It's funny. Did you do um six, did you say at the Oakwood as well? I have actually I'm probably the one actor that's not stayed at the Oakwood. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's so iconic. You know, there was that movie I, the movie I've called the movie called uh, The Hollywood Complex, which came out a few years back, that did a whole documentary on this place. And it's 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 insane, but it's really cool. Of course, now it's called The Avalon. Weird, it right? It. Yeah. So, and I understand they got rid of a lot of the acting programs, which is kind of sad. Um, and the rents was to the roof, but I won't go there. But Maddie Carter-Opel, who I, we had on a couple weeks ago, he shared a story uh, during the podcast about... When he came out, because he went to the New York Film Academy, which was on the Universal mm-hmm. lot, so real close. And the, the day he got there, there was like SWAT teams there and some big drug takedown, or you know. <laughs> so it's like, welcome to Hollywood, you know. Oh, but um, but that's uh, that's where you. So you came out, and that pilot, by the way, mm-hmm. you know, after you got over the excitement of living on the island of misfits, pilot you did, you beat out like a lot of people on that. Yeah. So the way I got that was actually crazy. Um, I read the script and my manager was like, I don't know if you're ready. Like, I don't know if I want you to audition. I was like, please. Like, I love it so much. Like, I loved this story. I wanted to be this girl so bad. I was like, please let me audition. And I was, I think I was 11 at the time. And the role was for a 17 year old. And I went in and um, the casting director asked me, like, how old are you? And I said, 11. And then he just checked out. Oh, and I came <laughs> home and I cried. I was like, mom, there's oh. no way I'm going to get it. Like, there's no way, you know? And then like a month later, I had an agent in Louisiana because it was really close to Texas. And um, she said, she asked me to send, send in a tape for the same role. And you're not really supposed to do that. But I thought, you know, there's no chance I'm going to get it from this LA casting director. I might as well send it into the Louisiana casting director. Yeah. So I sent it in. And then the next day, my manager called me and said, I don't know how, but the producer and the creator want to meet with you. Wow. Today. And I was like, what? Like, oh my God, I was so nervous. And they called me in and I met with the creator, Karen Asher. And she's like, where have you been? And I was like, I mean, I came in three weeks ago. <laughs> and, you, yeah. and you know, you might have came on a day where the casting director was like, you know, I'm just done. It could have been frustration. It might have just been the right time for your audition there. Maybe that's why. Oh my gosh. 
Yeah. All the odds were against me. I was yeah. so young. Like, it really wasn't the casting director's fault. I was 11, and the role was for a 17-year-old. So you know they were auditioning, like, 20-year-olds. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he had so many girls coming in, and, you know, my manager wasn't even didn't even think I could do it. Ah, but I just had so much faith, and I wanted it so bad. And that's the pilot that changed my life. Like, totally, it was a blessing out of the blue. Like, no one thought it was going to happen, and it happened. And it was the best moment of my life. And the, and that's where it started. I mean, it's that yeah. first, first role. Six is the same for you when you started. You guys came out on vacation. <laughs> yeah. No and, way. Yeah. And um, <laughs> Six, tell her the story because you're going to love this. Um, of course, Six was on a show called The Kicks that was on Amazon. Did very, very well. Six, your story is a little similar, but really a fluke for you. I mean, this was amazing. <laughs> Definitely, yeah, definitely a fluke. I mean, I I grew up in Maryland, so that's predominantly sports, and I played soccer since I was four years old. So that was kind of my mindset as far as like me telling my parents or like my dad like what I wanted to do was always like I want to be an athlete or whatever. Acting never really crossed my mind, but I actually came out here for the Kids Choice Awards. Okay. Uh, in March of 2014, I think. And um, I had an audition for Nickelodeon, and I had never, I didn't know what sides were. I didn't know how to memorize <laughs> things. I literally knew absolutely nothing. And they're like, okay, like just, you know, memorize this and do whatever. So I spent like two weeks on this one script and just, you know, creating characters, whatever, like having fun. I didn't know what I was doing at all. But I did the audition, and after the audition, it was just me and my dad, and we were kind of like, I kind of like this. Like, I'm in love with this. Like, you know, it was like that instantly, like, fall in love kind of, like, passion that almost found you kind of thing. Totally. Um. So, yeah, I think it was kind of like you, like, just finding, like, at once that, I was like, I want to move. Like, we need to do this. And my dad was like, okay. So we finished school and, like, sixth grade, the, the year out. And then we moved out here for... Our first year, we're like, you know, we're going to try for a year. If we like it, cool. If we don't, we'll move back. And in the first two months, I booked a pilot for Amazon Prime, which happened to be the kicks. And uh, that was my first job. And it was the lead. And it was like, like you, like over the moon, like freaking crazy. It was it was amazing. And it was kind of like a fall in love situation. Yeah, that's unheard of. A lead and a pilot, your first time out here, your first pilot scene out here. That's awesome. Yeah, I was, it was, yeah, it was, it was crazy. Cause I, you know, I was going up against people that, you know, a lot of people in the industry have auditions or have been like acting since they were like four or whatever. And I was 12. So like very close to you when you like started booking things or did those like kind of auditions. So, um, yeah, I was you actually was, booked it at the same age. Yeah. When you were 12. Yeah. 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 That's cool. Or maybe I was 12. It was around then. Yeah. Yeah, and it was just a pilot at the time because Amazon does, like, the pilot season where they put out, like, four pilots and they mm-hmm. go through reviews. And then it ended up getting picked up for a season. But at that time, it was just a pilot, which at that, you know, when you work a job, like, you don't even care. Like, it's just amazing feeling. Yeah. It's it's really the, the – because we've done the numbers on this before. And I think before uh, when you were on six, we talked about, you know, mm-hmm. the audition thing. You go out for 100 auditions, you may book one gig. You know, yeah. it's, I mean, so the numbers are there, but then I saw a post on, it was either, either, either Twitter or somewhere and somebody posted, you know, if you look at the number of shows that are currently in production in, in Los Angeles, 80% of Hollywood should be working. So it's, it's you know, it's, are you serious? it's, it's, you, you think about, think about how many shows are in production right now and oh, because of all the new platforms. Yeah. And the way that things are delivered. I mean, it's, it's just so different. I think that people's chances got a little better, but then again, more folks are in the pool. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's still, you know, to, to have something click right away like you did, which is, is, is fantastic. Uh, and for you as well, uh, Saxon, the, um, you know, uh, it's, uh, it's just, uh, you got to keep at it. For you, Saxon, it's paid off in a big way because you've consistently booked work uh, ever since. And, uh, you know, smart, small parts and then bigger parts and then really big parts, which we'll talk about. <laughs> And as well, I wanted to actually mention, I mentioned Maddie Carteropel again. He's a great guy, really funny guy. You and him, not at the same time, but you guys were on that crazy Mexican TV show. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no Complex. Yes. And it's so funny. Now, I didn't, yeah. I didn't see yours, but I, Maddie's was really funny. 
and they've always got the, got the guys dressed as a clown. How did you get that? That's just... Oh my gosh. So the way that this is set up is I don't speak an ounce of Spanish. Right. Like I, I do not understand. I know hola. Yeah, well. That's it. You know what I mean? And um, so they had us they had us have earpieces. So I had oh. earpieces to understand Spanish and a translator in my ear, like trying to tell me what they were saying. And they had earpieces to translate what I was saying, because they don't speak English. And so you think that's gonna work out fine, but there's a lot of awkward pauses. Yeah. And like sometimes like the translator couldn't keep up, so they're like, just nod, nod, I'm not. Like nodding. <laughs> I don't know what I'm nodding to. Like, should I yeah. have nodded? You know what I mean? And like you'll get done finishing your answer. And then they'll just stare at you like really confused because the translator still is translating in their ear. And then you just feel awkward and you're like, I'm going to be confident and smile because <laughs> that was the end. You know what I mean? It was it was fun. Though. And I noticed that it goes really fast. I mean, it's it's, it's like yeah. constant. There's stuff going on and I would be like totally distracted. Number one, you got the you got the clown guy there. And um, did you play the <laughs> did you play the, the game with the uh, screen? I played a yoga game and a game where they had a they had me put on a belt that had a string and a ball attached at the end. Oh, I saw. And I would spin and hit bottles. You know what? I did see that. Okay, I did see that, and and I'm like, geez, how awkward. <laughs> I was not good at it either. Yeah. I was really not good. I, I need to do more yoga. I think. Yeah, it, it's a fine piece of work, and uh, years from now you'll laugh and it'll go on your resume. Uh, is it on your resume? Yeah. I think it is somewhere. Anyway, I don't know. I don't know if press stuff goes on. I don't think press stuff goes on your resume, but I yeah. think it goes to IMDb. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to look for it. Touche. You, you're a good sport, and I'm glad you got a chance to do that. Let's go ahead and stop down for just one second. We're with uh, co-host Six Orange and our guest Saxon Charbino, and this is Conversations. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. Twitter again, uh, Converse Radio. Like the shoe without the e. At Converse Radio, obviously, and then on Facebook it's Conversations, the podcast. Back with uh, Saxon, you've got uh, two cool shows that are out right now. Freakish, which is amazing. I want to say kind of like a zombie thing, possibly. Am I right? Yeah, yeah, kind of. It's a post-apocalyptic world. Wow. Yeah, we don't know if there's zombies yet. There's supposed to be like a little bit of confusion on what they actually are, and we actually find out at the end of season two that they were created in a lab instead of just like a natural outbreak. Wow. <laughs> I know they got on to me for saying zombies too. And you play, you, and you play Anka. I like that. Anka. Anka. So, yeah. Yeah. Is there an accent or no, there's no accent. I, I, Anka, then I don't think there's an accent at the table read. When I first booked the role, I said Anka too. And yeah. Like you're Anka. I was Anka. like, oh. okay. <laughs> you're like, you're like, hello, this is spelled wrong. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So that's that's going on now. Is that now you're still doing episodes of that, correct? Um, we finished the entire season two. I'm in nine episodes, Great. and then um, it's left open. We might be doing a season three. Okay, now an American then American Vandal came along. Now this <laughs> one is amazing. Again, a little edgy. A lot of <laughs> graffiti spray painting of uh, various objects. But um, how did you get that role? Because that is, I mean, again, that's that's it's probably the one of your one of your best things you've done so far, as far as you know where it's in, like an adult role but um tell us how you got that how i got it yeah. um they sent me an audition and it was super secretive it was like untitled high school project and like you weren't allowed to print out the sides you ever get auditions like that six where it's like you just yeah. are supposed to like write down your lines i guess and yeah come in? it's weird they'll do that or they'll like be like choose your own sides like you don't know what like the project is like just bring in whatever ones you want like it's weird Exactly, and like they don't give a storyline, and they barely yeah. have a character synopsis. So I was like, okay, well, this must be like good. It must be like important <laughs> for them to be like this secretive about it. And so I went into the audition, and um, she said, okay, that was great. Now I just want you to improv. I was like, okay, well, what are we improving? The casting director was amazing, and she she gave me like little hints of what we were like supposed to improv, which was helpful. And then they called me like the next week, and we're like, hey, so we're shooting, we're shooting in two weeks. Come by. I was like, cool. Wow. <laughs> Ooh, I, it's awesome when they move fast because, like, it's awful when it's like a complete waiting game, like hardcore waiting game. You you yeah. wait, you waited on the kicks, right? You wait very long. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> that was plenty of yeah. Because I actually filmed the pilot when I was twelve, and then we ended up filming the first season when I was like fourteen. No way. Yeah, because they had to like go through like the process of like when it should come out, and then like 
how long they're going to keep it up for reviews and then like just timing. And I was like, this is the longest process. But when I did a show called Co Black, like I auditioned for it, then I got pinned the next day and then I was at the table read the day after that. So like it, and I think that's just like the difference, you know, just depending on how big the project is or what the network is or whatever, like when it moves fast, it is so awesome. Like, (laughs) yeah. Like for Poltergeist, when I was filming Poltergeist, I finished filming when I was 14 and it didn't come out until I was 16. Wow. Which oh is, gosh. I feel you. And you're, you're 19 now? I'm 18. 18. Okay. So mm-hmm. yeah, the Poltergeist was, uh, was also, I liked that by the way. Like the, re- the little girl that played the main character, she came in, uh, I work at Universal during the day and uh, she was actually a guest in the park one day and oh, mom, really? mom kind of like sold her out. She says, yeah, you know, it's just my, my daughter. I'm so proud. Of her. I was like, oh, cool. So I got a photo somewhere with her, but, uh, that it all worked. American Vandal, think of American Vandal, and there are so many shows, you know, on, on Amazon, Netflix, Hulu, what have you, that have got that edge to it. But with this show here, everyone's heard of it. That's what's so cool. And mm-hmm. and you guys have a huge cast, and I I love the storyline. It almost reads like a documentary almost. And when I watch yeah, it, yeah, when it was first coming out, people were like, "Is this real? Is this real? Is this really a documentary?" it's it's not it's a mockumentary but we filmed it in such a way that it was so realistic and the characters were so real that a lot of people related and thought this was an actual documentary which is cool that's so cool it's 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 amazing i love the uh, some, some of the episodes here uh clean up was one uh, gag order uh, <laughs> premature theories olymp alibi <laughs> hard facts vandalism and vulgarity that pretty much describes the show right there, but I digress. Um, a, a great show. I mean, this is amazing. The um, to get that role. Did you have any reservations about this when you first heard about the content and whatnot? Um, I didn't. I thought it was going to be really interesting. Um, you know, when you get the one liner, I was like, "How are they going to turn this into like eight episodes? Like, this is going to be really interesting." But the way that Tony, the creator, and the producers, Dan, um really created the storylines and interweaved them like that, how you were finding new information that made sense and connected to the previous episode. It, it really brought it together and I was really happy to be a part of it. And, and when you, when you, when you mentioned this, so first thing people say, Oh, it's that show about those people that spray paint, uh, you know, member, uh, men's members all, all over the place, you know? And, um, and, um, and it's like, yeah, but I think it's just so much, it's so much more to that though, really. Yeah. It's about um, the struggle of being a teenager in high school, really. Like, yeah, I feel like you start watching American Mandel because you think it's going to be funny. And then you really dive into the hearts of these characters and, you know, you're really into the crime and you're, you're invested emotionally into these character storylines. Um, so on the surface, it's about who spray painted the, is it panophilia you say? Or how do you say that? You can say uh, you can say penis. I mean, I mean, it's, that's what it is, basically. Okay. Can we say uh, that? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the penises on the card, right? But then it really gets into like people's social injustice and how your perceived affects you long term. You know? Yeah. And I mean, when I see it, it's like that's that's really kind of badass. You know, that people would do that. <laughs> you know, but then again, I feel like, like wow, man, that's how do you drive from point A to point B without in your car? without folks pointing, you know, and then everybody denies it. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. So, uh, but, uh, I, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I think it's, I think it's a, a fantastic show. Um, and that's, what's so cool about Amazon and Hulu and Netflix and all these is they, they give these shows a chance. And, um, and this is a Netflix, it's a Hulu original, right? Or it's a, a Netflix original. Netflix, yeah. yeah. So it's, that's phenomenal. So, uh, very, yeah. very cool. <laughs> So that's uh, that is ongoing. You guys are on hiatus right now, or yeah, they they got picked up for season two. Nice, outstanding, oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. So when, now, when you get the scripts, are you like, are you like, like, oh my god, or you know, what I mean, when they give you the scripts to read and stuff, I mean, how does that? Uh, do you feel? Is it, I mean, do you feel you're comfortable with it and all the content and stuff? Yeah, I yeah. Okay, I feel like I'm comfortable with content <laughs> yeah and again you, you you are 18 now i mean and that being said 
Um, for most folks, I know that uh, for you six as well, your parents are very much involved in what you what you're doing in, in the business and roles and stuff like that. And a funny story for six is you mentioned we mentioned the kicks, and of course six is a a phenomenal soccer player, and you've played professionally for how many years now? Uh, eleven. Wow. She gets word that she's got the part for the kicks at soccer practice. <laughs> no way. That's yeah. crazy. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I think I think for for me, like obviously all my stuff, you know, when I get scripts for auditions or breakdowns, like my dad obviously goes through it, but his number one question usually is if I'm comfortable with it. And most of the stuff, you know, I think for the kicks it was kind of like I don't want to say it was easy, but it was definitely extremely relatable as far as, like, I could put a lot of my own essence into my character because it was, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, me. Yeah, right. <laughs> but um, definitely, I think I think looking at it as well as Saxon is, like, even though sometimes content for auditions or whatever can be kind of, you know edgy or out of the out of the box i mean it's it's really awesome when you get a character that is super interesting that has many layers and depth and you know you have to almost be opposite of yourself or be in a situation that is very opposite of normal or your life if that yeah. makes sense <laughs> yeah that's, that's my favorite part about acting is um getting to play someone that i'm not and getting to experience exactly experiences and feel feelings that i wouldn't normally you know Mm-hmm. And, How old are you? Six. I'm 15. I'll be 16 in a month next month. 15? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> You're so well spoken. Isn't Thank she you. though? You're welcome. My you gotta, little sister's 15 too. You yeah, t- Brendan actually. We and her both. She's the one that I see in almost every audition. We see each other at tons of auditions and like the like events for like, you know, like Amazon or Tiger Beat or whatever. Like just those little events. Okay, sick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Man, nice. Tiger Beat. There you go. You know, that was like back in the day in the 70s and stuff like that. That was like that was like the 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 magazine. If you were I know. If you I were know. the typical Actually, My dad talked about that cuz he used to work for InSync when I was obviously really really young. Right. And they would be in magazines like, you know, like Tiger Beat and stuff like that. And then um, I did an interview one time for it, and he was like, you know, like, NSYNC did interviews for these at one point, like, 2001. I was like, right, yeah, when I was born. Yeah. The, the, I remember that. <laughs> and now, of course, now there's, you know, social media and then are online and stuff, so it, it changes their whole their whole business from yeah. from, from the hard copy yeah. magazine to now it's all online. You mentioned, um, you know, going up against uh, other actors with uh, Saxon's sister that you were, you had seen mm-hmm. her auditions and stuff. Do you find yourself seeing the same people at all the auditions when you go? I mean, I I definitely do. And I think that's the crazy thing. And like, as far as like this industry is so big, but yet it is so incredibly small. Like, I feel like everyone has a connection somewhat, you know, between each other and Mm -hmm. knows someone. And, and uh, yeah, I think, I think for me, definitely auditions. I definitely see some familiar faces. Brighton and I have been in many auditions as far as going up against each other, whether it be movies or TV shows or something, but you kind of, you kind of see the same group of people as yeah. far as age range. No, totally. I feel the same way. Um, I run into a lot of my friends at auditions too. Yeah. And I think that's why it's so important to really like handle yourself like positively with grace. You know, yeah. like yeah. you've seen my sister at auditions and now we're doing an interview together and we'll Isn't that cool? probably see each other at an event next week. Like, I think that's, it really grows your character being a young actor in this industry because you need to carry yourself and a way that people can respect. And I, I think it's really cool. Absolutely. I think that's the thing. Like you definitely can tell when you're at an audition room, the, the girls who, you know, or boys, whatever, but mostly obviously we go up against girls, but uh, the girls like in the waiting room, like you can tell the ones who are like, want to be nice or want to talk to you or you can tell the ones who like don't even want to make eye contact with you yeah totally like no chill like we're just we're all here for the same thing right let's be nice like there's no reason like i love when when everyone in the industry can be friends and like support each other and when a friend books something or like you know if brighton books something like it's not like there should be no like bad blood like i think it's cool when people are chill and nice and friendly 
Yeah, no, it really speaks to your character that you can be friends with people that like you're kind of competing against because it is such a competitive industry. But it's so important to respect like your fellow girls and your yeah. fellow coworkers. Like, um, I know when I was your age and I was going to auditions, you know, some girls would give me like mean looks or try to like intimidate you and stuff. So and wrong. That doesn't help you at all. Like, no. it, it's so it's so cool when I see girls in the same industry that are competing against each other that are friends. Absolutely. I totally agree. And now Saxon, obviously you've been on many, many, uh, many auditions mm-hmm. over the years. Have you ever turned down a role? Yeah, I've turned down a couple roles. How do you feel about that? I mean, I mean, I'm glad you're at, I'm glad you're at that point. Cause I mean, I think there's this, there's this misconception that when you start out, you take everything. That's really not true. You've got to take what you feel is right for you. Correct. Right. And there's different plans for careers, you know, like some managers, I know a manager that I was with when I was younger, were like only I, I hit points very quickly. Um, you know, the first studio picture that I booked, I was a lead in a pilot. And so some people think that like, once you're a lead in a pilot, you can only be leads in TV series and right. they don't want you to go back. And that's a very old Hollywood, like respectful way to do that. Um, but I loved working and I just wanted to work more. And so I, I want to take jobs. Like I love acting and I want to take jobs. And the only times that I really turn down jobs are when it, it's a project or a character that I wouldn't feel that I was being true to myself to take, um, whether it was morally incompatible projects or something like that. Um, but yeah, you definitely don't have to take every project that comes your way. You should only take projects, I feel like, that will help your career or that you love doing. And to be able to pick and choose, that's amazing. Because I work with a lot of uh, starving actors. I mean, they're, 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 they have their SAG guard. They got managers. But I hear the same thing over and over again from, from a lot of them. My manager doesn't doesn't work for me. He doesn't set me on gigs. He doesn't do me, you know, you know he's just not sending me on auditions and stuff. And it's like, you wonder if, you know, to have a team behind you that, get you auditions consistently that's really cool that's someone that's working for you um but i know so many actors are ready to fire their managers i'm not going to mention names no it's definitely you you want somebody that believes in you you know um i think that's the most important thing in a agent or a manager is someone that sees your vision and believes that you can do it because the world's hard you know like you're already like we said going out against a lot of girls and there's a lot of auditions and there's like a lot of possibilities of how your career could go. And you don't want to be trying to convince your management along with the world that you can do something. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and they, and you want a team that has like your best interest in mind. Like, right. exactly. you know, it would, it would really stink to have like a manager agent. Whereas say you did book something that you weren't necessarily a thousand percent comfortable with that did that was morally incompatible with you. They were just like, I don't know. Like they're like, whatever, like it's a job, like do it. Like I would be very upset with that. Like, I, I think it's important to have a team that's like, you know what, you know, it's, it's, it's you, it's your job. Like that's a thousand percent up to you. You know, your team is like basically your backbone as far as like, especially acting. Like I feel like that's actors. Number one struggle is, is they're great what they do, but if you don't have a good team fighting for yeah. you and doing everything they can, just like you're doing everything you can, like it's extremely hard. I mentioned the Hollywood complex about the acting kids that come out for pilot season. And mm-hmm. during that documentary, you began to realize how many shysters are out there. To be able to come out and pick a team that's reputable, it's a blessing. Because there's so many out there, they're just, they're just, they're just money grabbers, you know? Mm-hmm. And, totally. uh, I think yeah. that's where it's really important. Like you said, your dad reads your projects and stuff like yeah. that. It's important not only to have a good t- team in your career, but also like a good team in your family life and like, friends and parents that support you. You know, like if, if I didn't have my parents' support, I wouldn't be able to do any of this, you know? Yeah. And I feel like you're coming at it from a very different standpoint when you have a family that believes in you and a family that supports you and friends that support you and people on your team than if you came out here alone and were trying to figure it out by yourself. Like that's a really big blessing that we both have six, you know? 
Oh, without a doubt. Like, I I definitely could not do this without my dad. But you also see, like, in retrospect, like, another thing that you see when you are in an audition room, like, do you ever see, like, uh, and probably mostly when you're younger, because now, like, at your age, people will drive themselves to auditions or whatever. But, like, like, at, like, the 12-year-old mark or whatever, when you had, like, the moms stuff that were, like, with (laughs) their, like, daughter or whatever at the audition that are, like, even just as cold if not more than the daughter itself that almost looks like they want it more than like I hate that like I love having the support of a parent and I think that's so important but to to let like I'm sure your parents do because you know you and Brighton both like you know having the acting family like they let you do your thing they they believe in you they believe that you know what you're doing and that they're confident that you're confident in your work like I think that's extremely important Oh, yeah. It's a total different story. Like, if it's your dream or your parents' dream, you know? Um, yeah, that's that's a hard situation to be in. Let and me, uh, I'll make that very simple. Make it very simple for you. Momager versus manager. Yes. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know? Uh, and that's a decision I would, I, I, a place I wouldn't want to be, but, I, but I've seen it. Yeah, you, you both have, you're right on the money on that. In Six's case, Six, your dad is just, he's an amazing guy. He comes <laughs> from a great you. background, a hell of an artist, and he knows everybody. <laughs> but most importantly, he knows you, and he, he takes an interest. Every time I've talked to him, it's been, it's been he's just so proud of you. I think what, what I appreciate the most about my dad and like us being somewhat of a team in this situation is as much as he does know industries, he's more of the music mm-hmm. <laughs> side. So us coming into the acting industry, it was we we're both brand new, like very green, didn't really know what we were getting ourselves into. But um, what we made very clear, and this goes along with the momager thing, is as far as like our relationship comes first. So right. he, as far as he does, obviously approve what I am auditioning for, what I'm reading. We. I, you know, he lets me handle my business. He doesn't put himself in this situation just because we have to come home to each other. So mm-hmm. if we disagree on something as far as work and he's my manager or agent or whatever, like if we have a disagreement that comes to work, once we have to come home, then we have this, you know, this uh, awkward like situation with each other and we can't, you know, be dad and daughter or best friends. Like he's legitimately my best friend. So we wanted to make sure that we kept somewhat of a barrier as far as that came along, but it's, it's an endless amount of support, which is extremely, I'm super blessed for that. You guys are both right where you should be. We're almost out of time, but we, I do want to ask a couple of things. I always ask, uh, number one, Saxon, do you get, do you get spotted a lot? Do I get what? You get spotted Spotted. when you're you're on public. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't say a lot. It's happened a couple of times and it's just been so sweet. Uh, recently because of American Vandal I've got some quite interesting spottings where they're like oh my gosh you're you're that I don't know if I can say this you're that one girl from that show (laughs) (laughs) and then I'm like yeah I I mean I I played a character Sarah Pearson but yeah um, I've gotten spotted a lot more recently than I have in the past which is cool because I was on a Fox show and I didn't really get spotted on the Fox show but on the Netflix show and the Hulu show, um, I get I have a lot more fans from that. Yeah, how how was Touch? That's a that's a really cool show. I wish I had watched that more, but the few of us I did see I loved. Yeah, Touch is amazing. Um, it's the reason why my family's out in LA. Uh, I learned so much from Keeper Sutherland. He was such an intense actor. He was so great at his job. I, I really learned a lot about the craft from him. Sure. Um, Touch was so cool. I worked I, with David uh, David, yeah. who's now on Gotham, which is pretty cool, and it's kind of how I grew up, you know. I think um, Isabella Acres was on some episodes of um, Touch as well. She did some stuff on that, but she mentioned oh, really? that she mentioned that um, Kiefer is a heck of a chess player. Heck of a chess player. And you'd, <laughs> and you'd go into the, like, I guess, the crew tent and they would play chess on breaks and stuff. So it's kind of cool. Oh, yeah. yeah. Kiefer is so smart. He told me all about my name, all about the Saxons, you know, um, and how we would be, like, speaking a different language if it weren't for the Saxons. I, I learned a lot from him. 
Bad yeah. acting and about the world. Class act, class act. No, 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 um, no question about that. The other question I always ask, and I'm not sure if I asked Sixes or not, but maybe I did. Anything on set that you saw, uh, a something placed, you know, by a set dresser or whatnot that you lifted that you wanted to keep for yourself? <laughs> um, let me see. Oh my gosh! On set of my pilot. Uh, I actually did get to keep something. Um, So the pilot was kind of like spy-ish and they were all fighting over this like owl PDF. It was, it was a PDF, but it was shaped like an owl. And I just thought it was so cool. It was also kind of the stigma around it. Like, you know, we were all fighting for it. And um, after the pilot ended, the creator came up to me and gave it to me. So I still have it. It's still in my room downstairs. I have it in a special little place on my bookshelf. And Six, did I ask you that question before? You did, Last but time. you know, I actually didn't take an object. I did take something from my show, and it was the boots because oh. <laughs> there were a pair of boots that I really, really wanted. And I remember after the show, they were like, "Do you want like soccer cleats? Do you want?" And I was like, "No, no, no, no!" Like I had those. I was like, "I really, really want these boots from the last episode." Like I've been looking for these boots, and I couldn't find them. And then you guys had them, and they're like, "Okay, like you know, you can take them." And I was like, <laughs> "Yes, I was very happy." Awesome, the coolest <laughs> story I've told, I've heard. And again, we are winding down here, but uh, we had um, Connor Dwelly, who was on Girlfriend's Guide to Divorce. She played mm-hmm. Daughter Lily for, for many seasons. You, you know when you guys are, are mic'd and they, they tape the mic to your your hair or whatever they, where they put it, you know, tape it on? Well, what she would do is each day at the end of the, at the, end of the shooting, she would take that tape mm-hmm. and she puts it in a book and writes a date on it. Oh, Weird. So she's got a book of all the tape that was used... To tape the mic to her hair or wherever she, or their face, or whatever they where they were, they tape it. You know, the way they hide yeah, it. So smart. Isn't that cool? And now I guess now it's the point where now it's actually on a wall. So she's got so much, you know. So um very cool. Well, Saxon, I mean, you've you've really you've done so much and, and I love that you're from Texas because it says a lot, and I think you haven't forgotten where you came from. And I really I appreciate that, and I think you re- you respect your craft. That being said as well, Six will agree with me, um, as 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 you will as well. It's a job. You guys are working. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. um, you know, you're um, you're it's it's work. And yeah. no matter how cool crafty is or or downtime or whatnot, <laughs> the, the the eye is on the prize. I mean, you you go in and you get it done. And uh, certainly, um, it probably I want to think maybe kind of prepares you for your next role. You know, because I'm, I'm sure there's things you take, not physical things, obviously, but I mean, experiences that, that uh, help mm-hmm. you along the way. Am I right? Oh, yeah. You learn something new from every set. Every set that I've been on has been different. And there's been, you know, differences in the way everything operates. Um, and so I feel like every every time you act and every time you perform and every time you audition, you're just getting better and you're just getting more prepared for the next job. Do you play soccer? Do I play soccer? I yeah. play basketball. Oh, okay. There you go. But I played soccer when I was when I was younger. You did play. Oh. Yeah. I, I'm you... I'm not as good as you six. I promise. I'm not very good at basketball besides playing horse. So I mean, I I think we're both on the same page. <laughs> what is what is horse? Um, horse is a game where you basically you like you play with like a group of friends or like another person like it could it could be like two people but it's multiple people and you shoot from one place however you want and then the person after you has to do it exactly the same way in the exact same place and if they miss the spot that you chose they get an h right and then basically like they just keep going and if they keep missing you just start to the person who spells the word horse first loses wow yeah yeah. Um, I'm tired already. <laughs> <laughs> it's easier to explain when you have like a basketball and like a hoop, but like, you know. <laughs> yeah. And then if they miss a shot, then you get to have a free throw or like shoot wherever you want. Yeah. You, know? you get another turn at that. Oh, so you know this game. Oh, yeah. Of course. Wow, okay. I think it's, that's like pretty common. Yeah. Yeah. It's, mm. it's, it's like one of the the most common basketball games like with like around the world and stuff like that kind of thing (laughs) we are winding down guys i want to mention uh again uh you are doing another film 
coming up opposite uh, Lou Diamond Phillips, who's amazing. And uh, tell us about that. And your sister's in it too. Yes. So it's my it's my sister, Brighton Sharpner's movie. Um, I actually flew out to visit her on set, and um, I got talking with the director, and they're like, "You know, you're an actress too. It would be really cool if you would like do some scenes for us." And I was like, "Yeah, I'm down." And then that day, we were filming in a prison, and they like wrote five or six scenes for me to do, and I acted opposite my sister, and it was the first time that I'd, that I'd ever done that. Um, so- yeah, it was so cool, like acting with someone you have such a strong relationship with. Um, it was so much fun. Did you, were you able to keep a serious face? Did you guys laugh at all? Or because I mean, that's again, you, you see each other all the time, but then you're you're acting in a scene together. That's like wow. No, yeah, we were able to keep a serious face. I was so proud of her. Like, it was the first movie that she's ever been the lead in. Like, it was her, she was kind of carrying the story. And so I was, I was so proud of her. I was so excited for her. I just wanted to get the best performance out of her for my scenes, you know? But that you got to act in a scene with your sister, that's very, very cool. That's, that's like the ultimate, you know? And uh, you guys are going to have that opportunity. I mean, obviously, this movie's coming out, and I'm sure that'll happen in the future. And um, I hope you and Six get to do a do a, a role together. That'd be cool too. Absolutely, that'd be super cool. This, okay, Six, remember- I love your name so much. I what? mean, I can say the same thing. It's pretty cool to have someone like I've like now know that has like a completely different name, kind of like mine. So, <laughs> okay, I, remember, guys, this is just a conversation very organic. This is going to sound very, very off the wall. I just found on my desk here a unwrapped package of. Um, 3D glasses. Ooh. Was Poltergeist in 3D? I think some versions of Poltergeist were in 3D. Now, did you see yourself in 3D? Uh, no, I didn't. That's got to be just, yeah. That it's had like, to be crazy. Yeah. Seeing a scary movie, <laughs> it's like, no, that's a no-go for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't like scary movies. I get scared so easy. Like, I'm, I'm not good at it. So you I, get, like, I, I jump at everything. So no Maybe. Halloween Horror Nights? I went, I did not go this year. I was too scared. I went the year before, and I remember I was just, like, sweating, and I was just holding on to my friend's hand. I was like, if you let go of my hand, like, this is over. Like, I'm never going to talk to you again. I was so <laughs> frightened. It was. It felt like life and death. I don't know if I wanted to, like, go put myself through that again. Really? See, so I you're... that twice this year. And then, and I had never done scary things ever. I've seen two scary movies in my entire life. And, like, I liked it, but, I like you, like, I had to be with friends. Like, I could not go by myself, and I had to wear, like, a hood. Like, it was a problem. Yeah, you got to wear, like, like, be, like, in pants and a hoodie and, like, uh-huh. protected. Because they get chainsaws, and they come up right by you, yes. and you can't do anything. And it's yeah, so Yeah, and they make a lot of noises. It's, yeah. Yeah, and then, like, this one time when I was there, this, like, guy in, like, this skull mask came and, like, blew on my ear, and I just... About fell apart. Yeah, that's, that's the, the yeah. about fell apart. Yes. <laughs> oh, the worst. She, yeah, I I understand. <laughs> my my wife is of short stature, and uh, she um, worked at horror nights two years in a row. She one year she played uh, the Pride of Chucky. Oh, and that then, would be fun. And then she played one year. She actually played Chucky. So that's when they had the House of Horrors. So basically, she would be like in a room with like a toy room. And she hit a button and the lights would come on and she would just scare the hell out of people. It was amazing. Yeah, no, the Chuckies were all at like the back lot thing this time. Yeah. You had to walk through like 20 Chuckies and I was dying. That's just she creepy. Did Chucky? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so scary. Yeah, 20, that's a lot of Chuckies. I mean, one yeah, Chucky is too that. much. I would die. I yeah, would just that's just... And you, it, you... it was brutal. And you watch the movies. I've, I mean, I've seen a couple times. I mean, Saxon may not have seen them. But they just seem so hokey, you know. And he like he like never dies. He goes on and on and on, you know. <laughs> but uh, to see it, you know, in a in a in a theme park in a in a Halloween kind of setting is, is really hilarious. It's really good. The only mazes I don't like at the horror nights are the ones that stink and are smelly and yeah. gross. And yeah, it's just yeah. nauseating. But um, I'm glad you got a chance to do that. You uh, you're gonna have a chance to do a lot more here. Maybe some more scary movies. More maybe some serious movies, comedies. Anything you, you you got your eye on you want to do? I mean, as far as a, a role movie? I want to play a superhero. Really? Yeah, I think it'd be so much fun. So it'd be like, uh, it'd be like, uh, it'd be like this, right? Here she comes, it's Super Saxon. 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah so, just so, like yeah. that. Yeah. There again, up in the sky, look, it's Saxon. No, you know. But, um, the, the, um, the resume is, I mean, I mean, this is like goes on and on and on. I mean, it's just, it's amazing. Good stuff. Um, how do folks follow you on social media? Because obviously you've got a lot going on. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Saxon Page Charbonneau. And you can find me on Twitter at Saxon Charbonneau. Very cool. And, oh, um, and on Facebook. Oh, you're on Facebook too? Okay, good. Yeah, I got a Facebook page. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I think I'm following you on everything. But, uh, yeah, so follow back for sure. Thank you. And uh, Six, what's going on with you? What are you up to? What's got on your platter? As of right now, um, school is, you know, k- killing me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, no, I'm just, I've just been auditioning my episode. I just did an episode of Speechless um, oh, cool. not too long ago that came out like a couple weeks ago. Awesome. So, oh, yeah, so that's uh, kind of what I've been doing. But yeah, just, you know, just auditioning, chilling, um, working on some other projects as far as like, you know, music and different other other outlets. Um, but yeah. That's so cool. And so you know was- Kyla Kennedy, right? Uh, I have, I've met her, yeah. Cool. She was on Speechless. She's one of Brighton's good friends. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, I, another one I audition with all the time. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Yeah, yeah you, you realize, and I've, I've, re, I've been doing this podcast for three years now, but you realize that what a small world it is. Everyone knows each other. Huge and industry, I, but like it's like a fishbowl. Like yeah, everyone somehow knows each other. And I never hear any bad things. It's, it's always very, very positive, and everyone just gets yeah. along, and, and you guys are just, you're just so dedicated to what you do, um, especially charities. Um, Saxon, any charities that you feel strongly about that you'd like to talk about? Um, I'm actually working on creating my own charity. That's something that I've been um, really looking into and like supporting a platform. Um, I read a script when I was like 12 that just really spoke to my heart called um, Machine Gun Preacher. And it was about the children in Sudan. So that's a charity that I support. Um, what about you, Six? Any charities you support? Um, actually, kind of like you, I uh, decided to start building my own charity uh, for kids in El Salvador because I took a passport class and I learned about how the kids, um, you know, don't have the proper equipment like cleats or shin guards or balls or whatever. So they would kind of just play with trash. So I have started I haven't like executed it completely, but basically the groundwork as far as it is just donating um you know, cleats and shin guards and balls to kids in El Salvador and hopefully, like, expand that, you know, to further places because, you know, these kids have the same love for the sport as we do but, unfortunately, don't have the access to the equipment like we do. Yeah, that is so cool. That's awesome that you're doing that. (laughs) Thank you. And Machine Gun Preacher, I've heard of that somewhere. That sounds very familiar. Yeah, I read the script when I was, like, 14, um... It's about the kids in Sudan and, you know, the kids that are being forced into the LRA. There was a huge video about it in, like, 2000, uh, like 15, I think, about Coney. Okay. Um, yeah. It, th- was, it really touched my heart. I think Mandolin Carlson was in that, I believe. She, she might have been. Yeah, I think I know that. That's, I know, but, I know, but I know the... Uh, the um... Okay, yeah. I, I never know, saw. I it. know I just this film. And, I know yeah. this film. Yeah, for sure. Great. That'd, that'd be great. That'd be a great thing to do for sure. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Yeah, and it's six year charity with the with the soccer stuff. That's cool. That that is just. <laughs> I mean, because because this stuff's pricey, and especially well, absolutely, yeah. especially now with uh, with schools cutting back on sports, music, the arts, which I think is just just stupid. I mean, I mean. Yeah. God, I mean, it's, yeah, just, I, it's not just it's just not singular kids. Like when I played soccer in Barcelona this past summer, like the teams that we played were equally as good as we were, but they didn't even have the, you know, expensive Nike cleats that are like three hundred dollars or whatever. Like, you know, yeah. they and that's the thing, like they don't need the equipment to be amazing. But I think, you know, people who put the same effort and the same love into the sport as we do deserve exactly. the best best that's what it is yeah they deserve it for sure yeah um yeah because again they respect it and they enjoy what they do and you know it's like it would be be like if you liked playing the guitar but the only guitar you had had two strings on it you know and this gives you a six string you know 
Ibanez or a Martin or and you're like, wow, you know. So that, those are those moments yeah. that are they're really cool. Saxon, it's been a real pleasure to have you. Going to get your sister on at some point. I know that for sure. Um, yeah. And um, just keep on doing what you're doing. I mean, it's 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 amazing. And will you come back on and join us again at some point? I would love to. Yeah, I'd love to have you co-host because uh, yeah. you, you are you're the real deal. Um, Saxon Charbino, a Texas girl, yeehaw. Yeah. Comes to LA. Yeah. Makes the grade, books the gig, and the rest is history. Saxon, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. And stay this right there. Great. And six as well. Thank you for co-hosting. A great job. This is your co-hosting debut. <laughs> you nailed it. You nailed it. And uh, and I I know that uh, your dad was like, you know, you know, if you want to do this, you gotta you gotta tell him. And you stuck it out and. Uh, Good job. Great job, girls. I had some great company, so yeah. I had a lot of fun. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, you killed it, six. Awesome, guys. <laughs> I want to remind folks as well, our next show is on the 13th of December. That is Mark Jackson. Mark Jackson plays Science Officer Isaac on the Orville. He is not a robot. He's an AI kind of a thing. January 10th, we're going to have, from the band Ambrosia, Ken Stacy. Ken Stacy is a returning guest. A great singer, and uh, yeah, he could sing the sing the phone book. So we'll have him on. I believe Sarah Nimitz is going to co-host on that, and hope everybody had a a great Thanksgiving and didn't get food poisoning, like yeah, um, yeah. six did. Yeah, girls. Sorry, six. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, okay. I feel bad. Six. I really you know, live yeah. and we learn. You, exactly. You know, you learn not to eat chicken parmesan and at you know at, at, at five thousand feet. Right there, you go. Yeah. Hey guys, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. This is Conversations. So long. Yeah.